Despite rising healthcare costs paid by Americans that are almost routinely double the rate of inflation, money spent on research to cure what ails Americans continues to lag. Welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD, XM, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Mary Woolley, the president and CEO of Research America, one of the nation's most prominent advocates for medical research. Under Woolley's leadership, Research America's membership has more than quadrupled, earning a cross-section of support among physicians, researchers, government, and industry alike. Ms. Woolley is an elected member of the Institute of Medicine and a fellow of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. Ms. Woolley, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you, Bruce. Delighted to be with you. So tell us, this may surprise or maybe even shock our listeners, about the slowing of spending on medical research despite what everybody knows, because everybody pays for health care in this country, that we're paying more for health care. It is surprising. It's surprising to the American public. We know that from public opinion polls that we commission on a regular basis. People expect that we are conducting research in this country at the rate of opportunity in science, that we should be going all out to find the answers for those diseases and disabilities that continue to plague us, everything from diabetes to finally eliminating AIDS to finding the answer to obesity, once and for all eliminating the bane of cigarette smoking and everything else. But just at a time when scientific opportunity is higher than it's ever been before, we've decided as a nation via our elected officials to freeze funding in medical research at the NIH, at the CDC, and the National Science Foundation pretty much across the board. Is there a certain portion of the of the healthcare dollar, federal or otherwise, that is spent on medical research? Yes, there is, and it's surprisingly small, and it's getting smaller. Only according to our report that comes out in the August 31st issue of Science, as you say, health research and development um, is only 5.5% of total health spending in the year 2006, which is the year that we have uh, complete data for. And this is a decline, where the percentage investment is going down, even as, as we all know, healthcare costs are rising just with a drumbeat of almost inevitability as they consume more and more of the GDP. Are there specific agencies within NIH or NIH as a whole? I mean, is it even keeping up with inflation? I mean, given the cost of medical research, one would think that if it is not growing enough, it might even be lagging below levels. It is lagging, Bruce. It's lagging below inflation. Actually, for the first time in the history of NIH funding, it's actually received a cut in real dollars. This is, as I say, it's, it's not acceptable to the American public and to those whom they rely on for their health care. The problem is that people aren't speaking out. And actually, many members of the public, as well as health care professionals, don't even know where their elected officials stand on key health-related issues, with the possible exception of tort reform. But there is an easy way to find out. There's a website that we've set up with some partners who also care deeply about the future of health in this country. It's called yourcongressyourhealth.org. 
and it tells people in a very easy-to-access way, totally nonpartisan, what individual members of Congress have to say about issues involving health, including research issues. Well, could you give our listeners an example of perhaps something that is going on at the NIH or somewhere where there is just not enough specific funding? Well, there is considerable concern right now about breast cancer clinical trials being stalled or even taken off the table, some of those trials, because funding is not adequate. You've already mentioned a slowdown in Alzheimer's funding. And really, pretty much, Bruce, this is across the board. Many NIH institutes are funding at a level that permits them to give funding to fewer than one in ten qualified research projects. We're not talking about the ones that don't meet the standards of peer review. We're talking about those that are qualified to receive funding, and yet we're only talking about funding one in ten. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to uh, Inside Healthcare. I'm Bruce Japson with the Chicago Tribune on ReachMDXM, the channel for medical professionals, and we're discussing medical research funding with Mary Woolley, the president and CEO of Research America, which is an advocacy organization that represents a cross-section of academic medical centers, uh, drug companies, physicians. And Mary is telling us about how funding for research at the government level is actually lagging behind inflation, which may surprise people given that healthcare costs are, are rising. So Mary, can you tell us the NIH in specific, is that where most of the government medical research is spent? And give us an idea of where the dollars are and where they need to go. Well, right now, NIH is funded at close to the $30 billion a year level. That's less than the Department of Homeland Security, just to give you some indication of scale. And yet it's charged, as we know, with finding the answers for a whole myriad of diseases and disabilities. There's also funding for health-related research at the CDC, whose core budget is right around the $5 billion mark. It's more than that if you include mandated programs. And then the National Science Foundation, which also has a budget in the 4 to $5 billion range, has a considerable amount of interest in and support for health research. In addition, the Department of Defense does a little bit of health-related research funding in the $1.6 billion range, Department of Agriculture, $1 billion kind of get the feeling for it, the NIH is by far the largest. So tell us, is some of the legislation in Congress now, and if you want to name names, go ahead. I mean, where is it being held up? Because, you know, out on the campaign trail, that's that's all we hear, how health care reform and health care this and health care that, and we have you know, politicians. There's going to be about a billion dollars spent on the election, uh, which is not even a year away. Well, I'll tell you where things stand right now. The Labor, Health, and Human Services Appropriations Bill which includes funding for the NIH, for the CDC, and for ARC, the Agency for Health Research and Quality, was approved in the House in late July by a vote of 276 to 140. That number is really important because it's two votes shy of a veto-proof margin. And that's the key point because the president has pledged to veto any and all appropriations bills that exceed his recommended budget numbers. And this one does, as do the others, I might add. So we're going to be facing a showdown in the fall. It's now anticipated that there will be an omnibus 
funding appropriations bill close to Christmas time, perhaps, that will reach the president's desk, and we'll see what happens, whether he will indeed veto it, whether there will be the votes in Congress to override that veto. It's very much an unknown and up in the air, and it's a time for advocacy because members of Congress will listen to their constituents. Many people among the constituents of members of Congress kind of take it for granted that we're doing all we can for research. So I would urge your listeners to remember that their voice counts, that if they weigh in with their elected representatives, they will be listened to and their opinions respected. And maybe we will get to the point where appropriations will be adequate to the task at at hand. A lot of people, even educated medical professionals, don't realize that when it comes to a lot of the diseases and conditions in the country, when there are, are breakthroughs, the initial research is usually funded by the government. I mean, we saw that with AIDS. And are we seeing that now with anything that is struggling to get funding? Well, I think there's a struggle across the board. We talked about Alzheimer's earlier, and that's certainly on the mind of anyone who is considering the impact of the baby boom generation as as we age, and we need to be aggressively looking for the answers. If we could, it's been estimated that if we could simply delay the onset of Alzheimer's disease by a couple of years, we could save as much as $60 billion a year in expenditures on health care. And that's the kind of real impact that we're looking for with research. We may not get the solution tomorrow, but we can make significant progress. Now, you mentioned the importance of research and development done by the pharmaceutical industry. And it's absolutely right that a great deal of the initial basic work that the pharma industry depends on, and biotech as well, is conducted by the NIH, but not all of it. Pharma and bio do their own research in addition to what happens at NIH. But we believe that we're going to be seeing a flattening and even a decrease in pharma funding for medical research that will follow that that we've seen over the last few years at NIH. And that is quite disturbing. It will not only compromise future health in this country, but it also compromises our global competitiveness. The U.S. has become accustomed to being the world leader in medical research, but there's no guarantee that that's going to continue indefinitely. Other countries are ramping up their funding in significant ways. They're not up to the U.S. levels yet, but they're moving aggressively even as the U.S. is lagging behind. That's interesting. With the pharmaceutical companies, that would surprise people because everybody thinks they make billions in profits and so forth. The pharmaceutical companies are in a, in a downward cycle. Is that why their funding is believed to be slowing for research because of the blockbuster drugs that are coming off patent? That's one of the contributing factors, Bruce. It's, it's a very complex economic mix, of course. Big Pharma is enjoy a global reach. They're not only U.S. companies anymore, but they do continue to depend, if they, as they have historically for their success, on research conducted largely in this country. And that's where the concern is, is that as that's slowing down, both through publicly funded and privately funded ways, it really compromises the robustness of the industry. Well, Mary, what can individual listeners and physicians do to 
change the minds of Congress. I mean, and if it, it really is a close vote, I mean, are there Republican opposition, bipartisan opposition? It is primarily Republican opposition. Healthcare professionals really ought to weigh in with their member of Congress. Number one, find out what that elected officials' positions actually are on the issues that people involved in health delivery care about. And secondly, speak out. As I said, many members of Congress, like many Americans, uh, just aren't familiar on a personal basis with who's representing them. And these are people who are happy to hear from well-trained professionals who are respected in the community, and they will listen to their views. Well, I want to thank Mary Woolley, the president and CEO of Research America, for giving us an update on how funding for medical research in this country is actually lagging behind the enormous amount of money that we're spending on healthcare. I'm Bruce Japson, and you've been listening to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.